Hi, and welcome to Screens in Focus podcast, where we share and connect as we spotlight our favorite shows and movies. I'm Diana, and today we're talking about The Walking Dead Season 11, Episode 19, and our recommendations on Wedding Season, Beast, Halloween Ends, and more. Hi, Margaret. Hey, Diana. Glad to have you back. (laughs) Thanks. Good to be back. Yes, I missed you. (laughs) <laughs> well, we still talked. But... I know, but I miss talking about The Walking Dead and TV still. shows and movies with you. So Yeah, but we had a break anyway, right? Yeah. So it was just a little extended. That's yeah. All. all right. So in this episode, we see Variant Walkers, which is the title of the episode. So it's Variant Walkers or just Variant? It's Variant. It's Variant. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no. So I didn't know that was what that meant the walkers specifically because there was so much more going on there is i think it could mean multiple things but i believe that they've been referring to these walkers as variant walkers so okay but you know how there's always double meaning on things so yeah i could see that so the question of the day is what about the variant walker scares you the most well i you know it's funny because The variant I did not, like you just said, is the title, but I didn't associate it with the walkers and I didn't really hear it said, even though it probably was. (laughs) I just thought that it makes sense that these guys are evolving because this has been going on for how many years at this point? So they're going to probably change and alter and evolve into a little bit more functional so that they can survive. So I think that it's more of a, you know, for me, I would expect it. But these guys, I mean, the movement of the hands, the listening, the hearing, the acknowledgement, the whole processing that they're doing now is really kind of true to life. And they thought, which I thought was interesting, that um, Aaron was not really, what did he say? He said something about it. Oh crap! I don't. When he was saying that he heard about, uh, he'd heard about them. Yeah, yeah. but no, I was going to make a point, a really kind of good point. Um, Oh, when he was referring to them down there below, when they were all you know escaping them, he referred to them as the whisperers. Yes, right. So he thought he was the people in the suit in the yes. So he thought it was real people, not these dead people walking around. So he was confused. I mean, at that point. And so that's why they made a point when he pulled the, the face off the guy who had crawled up there, yeah, you know, to, to kill Jerry or to just get everybody. And he made a point of pulling off the face. And then there was this not person underneath. It was the skull. So I think that's when he realized that it was this variant uh, group. And was that the guy, was that the first walker who um, in the group when they're walking away from them? You know, on the trail. I think so. I think it's just one. Yeah, he turned around and he heard. Yes. And you're like, oh, is that that guy? And I'd have to go back to see if it's the same guy, but I think it was the same guy. So I don't, it just makes it more interesting now because now they're just not like easily, easy to, you know, kill. Now they're playing a game, you know, it's it's a warfare. So it's better. So what about it scares you the most? Like what? ability do the could they have would scare you the most just that they're not as easy to get away from that's all that it is now has to be a face-to-face hand-to-hand combat in order to get rid of them or a gun or you know whatever 
Yeah. Because they can chase you up the stairs. They can climb things. I mean, they can turn doorknobs now. I mean, you know, on and on and on. So they're more like they're they're a better adversary than they, they have been. So oh, my it's, gosh. It's not so easy to handle the situation, the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> so. And that's scary. I do think, and I, I, I think I may have read this, that they will have different abilities. I think it's just the way people are too, right? Because people have different ex- abilities. Some people are can run faster than others. Some people are smarter, you know, or more intelligent maybe than other people are. And maybe people have more strength. Some people have more strength than other people. So I think we're going to see a lot of different you know, if it continues this way, we're going to see a lot of different abilities. So for me, of course, I'm thinking it's that they can think. How smart are they? Oh. How can they, you know, how much can they plan ahead? Um, so, and also speed. Speed would freak me out. Because if you've got one that's not as fast, at least you can try and run away from it. I don't know. So I know, but if you think about it, though, they all are decaying, too. So yes. even though this is part of this new strain or evolution, yeah. as I would like to call it, they're still, even if they can do all of this, they're still going to decay and they're going to die. Now, does that decay and when they fall apart, does that, you know, pull an arm? Yeah. Hey, and you pull an arm off. Is Does that happen because they're not nourished or does that happen because they're actually Dead. decaying? So yes. there is a timeline fixed to these things, too. Yes. Right? I'm assuming. because I, I would think so, too. You know? Yeah. So it does complicate it. So do you think, though, that they will be in all of the spinoffs as well, that it will just kind of continue into that? Is that what you're talking about? Well, let, I do want to talk a little bit more about the Variant Walkers a little bit further. I just want to wrap up our question of the day, and then we'll dig into that, because that's a really good question that I want to talk about. So... We talked a little bit about what would scare us the most. I want to know from you out there, our listeners, what about the variant walker scares you the most? Their speed, their strength, their thoughts. Please tell us. We would love to know. You can leave us a comment on social media, our website, or email at screensinfocus at gmail.com. We really want to know your thoughts on this. This is just, I think this is uh, something we're going to keep talking about Um throughout the rest of the episodes and maybe in the spinoffs. All right, so let's get to the episode, episode 19, entitled Variant. We see, of course, the walkers have evolved, some of them, and there are repercussions of Max's and Eugene's doings, and we see Pamela Milton in a new light. So, Margaret, what did you think overall of this episode? I thought that it moved really well. I liked that we were able to see a little bit more inside Pamela because the evil side of Pamela was revealed. And of course, it was derived because of the whole son, Sebastian thing. But I thought it, but you also saw her relationship with, uh, you know, the guy in the pink suit. What was it? Hornsby. 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 (laughs) (laughs) I said, well, you know, that three months off. I just don't remember anybody except Pamela because it kept saying Pamela. But I thought it was interesting. And I did really like that there were the two storylines running simultaneously because I like it to be a little bit more engaging that way. But I really felt like they did an introspective, thoughtful analysis for all of the characters because they really revealed an awful lot about themselves just yeah. either through their actions 
or just how they handled the situation, like Pamela stroking Hornsby. So I guess I'm wondering if they, you know, had a relationship, obviously, previously, which I never would have thought. It, it was weird, though, because, you know, she stroked his face almost like a mother, his hair, and then she went down to his chin. And when she got down to there, then it was more like a you know, intimate sort of relationship. So it was really yeah. hard for me to figure out. And then when she's pulling, pulling that coin out of his pocket. Yes. Like, wait. But a lot of this is the way they shoot it. So if they had been wide on a lot of this stuff, it would not have been as suggestive or as intense uh -huh. or, you know, leading you to think that. And then I did like, um, you know, princess li learning a little bit more about her and all her walls and how she reacts to things. And, I, you know, it was kind of interesting. She's, she's very, to me, sort of one note as far as how she delivers things. So, um, she's always got her guard up and that might just be how she's supposed to be playing it, but yeah. it, you didn't really get into her emotionally. You just, you, she was talking it rather than feeling yeah. it and expressing wow. it. So, um, which have been for me would have been a little bit more powerful if she had felt what she was saying more so expressing it versus just, you know, facially doing it. So, but I thought, you know, and opening it up with uh, do it, narrating it in the beginning with all of those scenes and stuff. I thought it was really that montage I thought was really nice. And I liked, I liked cause it was, it kind of was a takeoff of 1822, you know, with that, with the lead character narrating the scenes mm -hmm, and the mm -hmm. whole storyline. And, and I love so, that. I always love that. Yeah. I thought that, I thought that was really effective. And that was really what kind of brought me to realize that this was sort of an introspective story mm -hmm. or show. So, you know, looking back and, all your experiences and all your interactions. Yeah. And it may just be the way that they're wrapping up the season. It is. So, but oh my anyway, goodness. how about you? What did you see? You said so many good things. Uh, okay. So yes, the variant Walker scared me really, really bad. And I'm excited, but I'm scared too. I really am. I'm scared for our people. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. And yeah, I agree with you about uh, Judith's commentary at the beginning. And I just, um, I had talked about it in the first two episodes. It it sets the tone for the whole episode. And every episode to me, I've been very, very emotional. We didn't get to talk about last episode, me and you, but I had said in the previous podcast that I cried so much throughout the whole episode because I felt like everybody was saying goodbye. Like everybody had something really powerful to say and I, my eyes just kept welling up with tears. So, and I think that'll keep happening through the rest of the season. So in this one, I was emotional again. And I think it is trying to convey that to us. Uh, so I just. Um, you know, I just really appreciate all that and especially it being the last leg. So I think that that's really good. And I also think that we get to see the essence of these characters and the core of their strength. So, which, oh, I wish we had seen this previous, right? It's like we finally get to the end and we're finally getting to see this at this point. Okay. So what stood out to you in this episode? I just, I think that every, every scene that Pamela was in was really intriguing because it was, she wasn't this false, phony, happy, you know, seem seemingly checked out person, you know, like she's just told what to say. And so she says it. she's a caricature prior to this. Now we actually see a real person. 
Yeah. And we see what hurts her and what's, you know, it's obviously what's important to her is her family, but you know, all of the betrayal, just, you know, just how she's playing this game with all these people. It's amazing. So I thought she was pretty evil. And it's interesting because we get to see her, her story. We get to see how she changes where we haven't really seen that with other villains before. Right. They just are the villains. Right. And But this one, we get to see it. We're actually seeing what, or experiencing what she is going through. Yeah. So it's all very interesting. Also, it is bringing up like how you were talking about her relationship with Hornsby. And then it brings up all these things about their backstory and where they have been and what kind of relationship do they have, which is so, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's just weird because it's almost, yeah, maybe they had a relationship, but then it's also, I almost feel feel as though it's a little bit like a mo- like he looks at her like mommy i don't know which is really yeah, creepy no. yeah she's I'm like, like oh the my matrix, god <laughs> yes yes so i'm like okay you know it's not it's like oh they're having a relationship it's not just that there's no. another uh layer in there between them that's what's very um unsettling i guess i don't know yeah. thinking about that Oh my gosh, for me, I think uh, the biggest um, thing that stood out to me was Princess. We have been waiting the last two episodes. We're like, where's Princess? Where's Princess? And man, she came. (laughs) She came in this episode, which I appreciated so much. It is my favorite episode so far with her. I just feel that she was so vulnerable. She was, it was revealing. It was just such a moving performance by Paola Lazaro. And I feel that we were able to see her strength and her integrity. And I just thought her story was heartbreaking. And see, I had a different take on her performance because you were saying that she was not being truly emotional. But I I felt like it felt so real to me because it felt like princess. It didn't feel like Paula doing it. It was princess. It was her talking about how she felt and what she went through. And I thought it was powerful that she didn't break down, that she just had her eyes welled up with tears as she was talking. Cause I didn't I don't, see that. I don't know. It it got to me. It it yeah. I mean it got to me yeah. as being very powerful. And I and I felt it. I thought it was just such a, a great performance. I liked the way that she talked to Mercer and how she says, you know, I'm not just gonna sit back. And let thing let bad things happen to others. And it was interesting seeing Mercer's reaction to all of this because he was just listening to her. And then we see Max talk to Mercer and say powerful things also. And he wants her to sign that paper because, of course, he wants to protect his sister. But she's like, I'm not going to sign this paper. And she talks about her their history and about a little bit about their father and how he would have been proud of her. And she thinks that he would have liked Eugene and that he would have been ashamed of what Mercer was trying to do. So I thought, wow, from both women who love him, you know, that they're saying this, I'm waiting for him to make his move to our group and, um, or maybe become the leader of Commonwealth if it falls with Pamela Milton and everything. So um, it's hard to say what's going to I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens with all of them. And the other moment that I teared up on was with Eugene and Rosita. And oh oh my gosh, the way Rosita pleaded with him. And I just thought the women on the show were killing it because those three women were so good. And I love when they 
highlight the strength of women and, and Walking Dead is so good at that. They are so good at it. And I love it's like they don't need they they don't need a man to come rescue them. They're they're the ones doing it. They're the ones I they're just so great and have so much strength. So I really appreciate seeing all three of them. Also, I figured Eugene would stay for Max. I, I thought that this was probably his turning point. And um I was actually really proud of Eugene. Finally, after all these years, you know, standing up and doing doing the right thing. And his interaction with Daryl made me laugh. I did. I laughed out loud when uh he put up his uh put up his dukes. Um uh, so that was I thought that was a fun moment that they inserted in there. <laughs> what else did you think, Margaret? All I know is that the first time I watched it, it kind of maybe it's just where my head was, but I really didn't see everything that I saw when I saw it just for the second time. And it was really, really interesting because I was able to critically assess and analyze. And I don't know, some of the stuff is predictable, some of it isn't. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that it isn't what you just said, the outcome. I hope that, you know, something happens and everybody just blows out of there. But then where are they going to go with the storyline? Because they only have so many more episodes left. So I think that's the challenge because they're, they're starting up all of these new things and where are they going to land? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's that, that we're going to be left. I mean, maybe that's the whole, the tease. And then we follow whatever else they put out just to see how these other things play out. I don't know. Eugene, eh, he's a, you know, not, not my favorite character. So. <laughs> It's, you know what, that's interesting because he's not, he's always played this role of not being the most likable person because of what he has done, you know, lying to the group about him knowing. Yeah. And just, you know, lying to the group about knowing the cure and getting him to Washington and all of that. But then we kept seeing these inklings of him helping the group when he, oh, shoot, I went blank for a second. Oh, that when he was, of course, we've known him as being a coward, but that one time when he uh, protected Tara, uh, they were in that building and the walkers were getting to them and he protected Tara, which was not normally what he would have done. So we saw that. So we're like, oh, Eugene, we think he's, a, you know, he's probably a good guy. And then when we thought he went to Negan's side and I kept saying, I don't know, I, I don't feel like he's truly with Negan. And then he had put the bullets in there that were then backfiring and so helping our group. So we've seen him, even though he's been, you know, not so um, brave at times, we've seen him pull through for our group. I don't know. I, I do like him. So I like mm -hmm. Eugene. Okay, so we were talking earlier about the variant walkers, and I want to talk a little bit more about them. Well, I thought it was so scary when they did break in because, you know, when Aaron and Lydia were there talking about they had secured the the area, but they heard noise, and then all of a sudden the walkers came, and I they start fighting them. And when Lydia went to stab one of them with what she had, it pulled it, pulled it from her. So it was basically, it was fighting with her. That was scary. And the thing is, I was wondering, was that Lydia was a whisperer. So when Aaron said, oh, they're the whispers, I thought she might have said, well, this doesn't seem right or this doesn't seem like they're away. But she really didn't give any, you know, input to any of that. So, you know, I thought that that was kind of interesting. And just that whole Jerry scene, that was freaking me out with the the rock and that Jerry didn't really have any weapon to defend himself and his leg is 
hurt. So I, I just thought that that was a really scary moment too. Uh, I mean, thank goodness Aaron was there to, to help him. But I, I mean, he climbed up that ladder. I, I knew that they could kind of climb, but the fact that he could. There was a ladder? Yeah, he was climbing up. Wasn't it a ladder? I'm pretty they sure didn't it was a show. ladder. All they showed was the hand coming up over the the floor or the where everybody was. The roof. That, that roof. Yeah. yeah. They didn't, I didn't see him climb up. A, I didn't see that. I but, thought there was a ladder, but now I'm not sure. I'd have to go back and look at it. But I thought it was a ladder he was climbing up. Yeah. How else would well, he get up there? Well, unless he just stood just, on something and yeah, the and, railing below and, and propped himself up. But either way, either way, it, yeah, they've got to make it more interesting though because they can't. You know, they've hit a wall with those guys because they're so easy to kill. You know, it's like if you don't have a weapon, and they seem pretty strong too. Yeah. So I forget. Did you watch World Beyond? The no. World Beyond. Okay. No, the kids. No. So mm-hmm. you didn't see the coda at the very end, because uh, we've talked about it previously a little bit. So these walkers, I have wondered, okay, are these walkers just evolving? Because just like anything else, evolve, a virus you know, evolves to survive. So I wondered, is something evolving within the walkers and, you know, this virus and is that why they are have these abilities? And of course, we did see it in episode season one, episode uh, one, or in that first season, we saw that like how Morgan's wife kept coming back to the door and how some of them tried to open and climb. So we have seen some of this before. So is it just that or the coda in that um, walking uh, world beyond at the very end? showed a woman in France who was working on now I can I'd have to go back sorry pardon me but I have to go back and and watch what she was doing but what you got from that episode was that they were working on something and somebody says to the effect basically look what you've done and now you've went and made it worse so you got the feeling that someone started this virus and then they manipulated it, and now it's mm. worse. That's what you get. That's what you gather. I don't know exactly what was said, but that's what you gather from that. Then you see a walker, and it's it's strong, and it's fast. So you see that also. And that is either right now or in the future a little bit. So, mm-hmm. and also, I hear out there, out there in the world, Walking Dead Universe world, that in Europe... Those walkers are those variant type walkers are there already. They're just oh. not they're just not here yet in mm. the United States. Wow. Which scares me for Daryl, because Daryl's going to France or getting to France. So now he's gonna experience this because this is where it happened. <laughs> yeah. This is probably why he ends up there. One way or another. And Margaret, just to catch you up, so my theory, I gotta tell you what my theory is, or our theory is. A theory is that Hornsby trades off people like Daryl, like maybe, maybe little Herschel, because we're wondering how Negan and Maggie get to New York. And we thought, well, if Herschel was gone, if Negan's wife is gone, maybe they go looking for him. That's just a thought. Also, how does Daryl get to France? Does he just go off because he knows that's, he needs to go there for some reason, what would drive him there? 
So then we think that maybe somebody trades him and he wakes up there. I I don't know. There's all these possibilities. So there's so much to think about with these variant walkers and what they're capable of and and where they're going to go. So, okay. So do you have any other thoughts or tidbits on this episode? Well, for me, the variants were not as um, critical or dominating in, for me, in the episode. I was more amazed and interested in just all of the revealing moments that occurred between all the different characters and just seeing them in a very different light and vulnerable and um, really where their paths were going to go or where they would have liked them to go or where they will be going because we still have another, you know, everybody's still there. They haven't gotten out yet. So we still have to kind of resolve how they leave who gets to leave, how they leave, who ends up dying. I mean, cause you know, it's going to be a conflict. So it'll be interesting to see what, what occurs. And I didn't, the thing that made me sad was that, uh, the King guy, Ezekiel, it was sad for me that he, you know, he had all these Carol wanting him, you know, they had been together. He had really developed all these relationships with everybody, yet he's choosing to stay. And his reasons because he thinks things are going to change. Well, they might change, but it's still going to be the same crap because that's what everybody's been used to. So they're not going to, I don't think it, even though you get new leadership in there, it's still going to be the same thing because that's what the people are familiar with. So it'll be easier to sell that versus something completely different. So I don't don't really agree with his line about staying because now, you know, people in power see that the people are not happy or that there's unrest. They've got to resolve it. Well, they usually don't resolve it. You know, yeah. it doesn't happen immediately anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. so I was really kind of sad that he, he elected to stay as, and even though I don't really like, well, I don't, it's not that I don't like him, but Eugene just, he's so weak. And I, and I guess, you know, it's yeah. nice that he found a woman who's doesn't think that he is <laughs> a strong woman, <laughs> you know, or girl, cause she's really a girl to his man. So I, uh, I don't know. I still think they're going to leave. I don't think they're going to be there. And I think what's his face is going to go to her brother. I think they're all going to just leave. That's my Oh, opinion. Mercer, you mean? Or yeah, yeah. I don't think Mercer's okay. staying because there's been too much that's happened that he just does, does not agree with. I would think he would leave unless he becomes the leader. That is my thought. Because Pamela, be leader. maybe not. And if he doesn't, he will leave. But I thought he does know the town. He does like protecting him. They do respect him. You know, Mercer is so interesting. I really do like him. Uh, even though he's doing his job, which is not in our group's favor, I like that he listens to the women that are talking to him. He at least listens. He he hears what they're saying as they're speaking. So I really appreciate that about him. I'm just waiting for the moment when he flips. And I just wonder, is he going to, is it, are they going to try and kill Eugene? And he's going to get to the point where I can't, I'm not going to see this happen. I'm not going to let, you know, them do that to him. Or what else is it going to be? Is it going to be something about Max? I don't know. It'll be really interesting to see what motivates him to finally change. But these three women have got, have, I, to me, have to be you know, breaking away with what he is used to doing because he's there to do his job. That's his, I feel like he takes a lot of pride in in what his job is. So, but you have your girlfriend, princess, 
or your love interest. And then you have your sister who you love telling you something. And then you have Rosita, your work partner. So you're getting it from all angles, you know, and they're all saying the same thing. So, yeah, but don't you think that the conversation that, that Max had with him about her, their father not being proud of what he's doing would like level him. I mean, that he would feel like he needs to do something to change. So I think that was a manipulation on her part, you know, to, to get him to, to change how he was doing things. And I think he was conflicted anyway, because you know, Rosita kind of threw that in his face where you don't want you, you know, in the interview, you, you know, acting yeah. like you don't know me and, right. you know, all this kind of stuff. So it, I think there's a huge bunch of conflict with him that we did not get to see because he was not the primary focus of the episode. The women mm-hmm. were. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it'll be interesting to see how that plays out in the next episode because all the, you know, just the previews indicate that there's going to be a lot of action. So there's going to be a lot of fighting. There's going to be a lot of confusion and, you know, melee. So it'll be interesting to see how he handles that and what he does with that. Yeah. So I I just want to bring up something when uh, Judith said at the very beginning, she says, does it take more courage to live than to die in this environment? I love, again, we talked about her giving the commentary and seeing the flashbacks of people and where they are now. And so I just, of course, that's segues into the whole episode and what we're going to see. So I think we're seeing everybody on what they're, you know, willing to do to survive. Also, you had talked a bit about Pamela in the beginning, and uh, we didn't talk about her with Sebastian. And when she went into the room and was talking to him about her son and this and that, and then he turned into a walker and she walked out and I thought, I wonder if she's going to use him as a weapon. I thought she was going to use him as a walker against Eugene. But then she tells the guy, take care of him. So I thought, oh, they're going to kill him. Okay, we're not going to see how evil she can be. And then later on in the episode, she brings him in to Hornsby. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we are going to see how evil she can be. So, and I really wasn't sure what, I thought, at first I thought, is she going to let Hornsby get killed by this, you know, Sebastian, because she blames him for what he had done. And I'm glad that she knew what happened and explained that to us. I thought that that was really important because I thought, are they just going to like let that go? And it's like, no, she said that she knew that Hornsby had set those, sent those two, uh, those two goons after, um, had them kill the, those, uh, poor workers and made them into, uh, you know, walkers that ended up killing her son and other people. So, yeah, but they threw the one guy on the floor, right? With a yes, forehead. So, yes, I didn't, but I didn't, wasn't expecting that. And then she throws him the The machete, yeah, yeah. And then they untied him too. So, they do expect him to fight his way out. So, I know, but that means he's gonna kill, you know, Sebastian. Sebastian. So, that doesn't, I I mean, some of that dialogue, I didn't here because it just dropped out either you know I too I wasn't clear I wasn't clear on what they meant but that's but what you just said (laughs) is what I gathered also that he was going to have to feed Sebastian well that's what she kind of said but that so he feeds him but he's still going to go after him you know he's still going to have to kill him because they are going to get hungry again 
<laughs> well, yes. they just eat, 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 I would think, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I guess it's, hey, hey, are you going to make it out of here and live? I guess because he did flip that coin and pick the, or not flip the coin, but pick the right hand that had the coin in it. And he gets yeah. to live. Well, so I think she he's was in the next episode. I mean, the scenes. We yeah. see him, I think, I think he has to be, though, because we have yeah. to find out that he's been trading people to the CRM. No. That's what I still think. <laughs> We're going to find out about Hornsby. So, yeah, I think he has to live a little bit longer. Oh, man. Okay. So, Margaret, we are at our segment and the award goes to. So, tell me, what was your favorite quote, character, or moment? I just, I liked Jerry offering to make food. <laughs> on the wagon till those people got or they walkers got farther away i just thought that was really funny the jerry in a can or whatever he said jerry yeah. a la whatever he said i just thought and i thought you know and he's he's like the comic relief in a lot of the scenes and he initially as a character came in sort of under the radar and was just sort of this fixture and then he as they've evolved or developed his character he's really become you know, part of the group in his yeah. own little weirdo way. And he just is so, I just like him. I think he's I a really, too. really good character to have. I mean, you ha you always have the goofball in anything and that's, mm -hmm. that's him. Everybody else is way too serious. <laughs> that's what I liked. I like Jerry too. I think that's a good pick. And you, who did you cry the most for? <laughs> <laughs> well, my favorite is Princess. I just of thought, course. again, her performance. I seriously, it was so moving to me. I loved it. For me, it was perfect. I like what she said that her mother would often argue that it was worth it because they still had a roof over their head. And she says, okay, pardon my French. She says, that thinking, which I thought was really cool, that she deserves better than the best of a bad situation. And um, I, I just loved her delivery. I just thought it was so good. And uh, I, I just, um, yeah, I spoke about it earlier about her still being princess, but relaying to us that story. So I just yeah. um, thought it was very emotional without being overly dramatic. And uh, it was a fine balance for me. And so I loved the moment. Yeah. I just remember her doing something earlier in this when she was first introduced and I thought was really powerful. So I think that's what I'm using. In the train car? Probably. I don't recall, but I mean, yeah. it's, I know that it's, she's for me hit, hit it before, but yeah. yeah. And it's interesting because as an actor, I think that you, when you first get into something, you really just kind of lay it all out there. You open yourself up and, you know, expose an awful lot of stuff and then as time goes by, you get more comfortable and then you realize you don't, maybe you don't have to do that to prove that you belong or to prove that you're good enough for the role. So I just feel like there were moments where it could have been a little bit more revealing on her part. That's all. I saw that she posted on Twitter that this performance was the one that she auditioned with three years ago. Really? So she was excited that she finally got to do it. Yeah. Wow. So I thought that was a pretty cool thing. So this, you mean this script was around three years ago or two years yeah. ago or whatever? Or something too, maybe close to it, because I also heard that this uh, is in the comics. So oh, people that oh. are familiar with this, yeah. um, her role knew that it would come at some point. So I don't know if it was basic, you know, just a rough draft, maybe when she did it. Now they fine tuned it. I don't know. 
I have huh. no idea. Yeah. So, but I just thought that that was very interesting information. So I liked hearing that. Okay, so since we've uh, been reminiscing the last few episodes about uh, previous characters, I would like to ask you, what character from a previous season would you have liked to have seen in this episode? Well, so in the, and it's so horrible, but we forget about a lot of them, right? Because there have been so many introductions and so many day players. <laughs> but the guy who Eugene was hooked up with, Abraham. I I really liked his character because I thought he was this, you know, he put on this big front that he's this big tough guy, but he really wasn't. And I, I felt like he was an interesting human being throughout this until he was killed. And I forgot he was even there until I saw the beginning of the show where they're showing these flashbacks and all these people, you know, thinking about their history. And then there he was getting clocked by <laughs> what's yeah. his face and i was just like how, how could they even talk to him because that was so extremely disgusting what that when he did negan what did yeah he, you know Absolutely. and they, and they yeah. are treating him like i mean that you know people say stupid things all the time so you obviously get over that but i mean when you kill people outright yeah. kill people that's a whole different game. And I just don't understand how they could. And maybe now I can understand why Maggie has got so much junk, you know, baggage yeah. around all of that. And But why she hasn't killed him yet, I don't know, because she should have. So that's, I mean, I thought he would have brought an interesting flavor or twist, you know, with how he handled everything. Yeah. Or what he used to be, or how yeah. he used to handle things. Yeah, so, exactly. But, so I think that's and, a good and, one. How about you? You know, it could be almost anybody, any of the past characters. But in watching Jerry wield his sword, it reminded me of Michonne. And yeah. I actually really liked seeing Jerry in that moment. I loved seeing that kind of a little bit of a slow motion, maybe, mm -hmm. uh, or just the way they had him slice up those walkers. Uh, it reminded me of Michonne, you know, with her katana. And I, so I missed her and I thought, oh, that would have been so cool if she was on the road with them. And she could have, we could have seen her do more of that with more of the walkers. Cause there was a lot of walkers that broke into that area I, with the four of them. So I don't know how yeah. they got to exactly all of them, but they did. So, but yes, I, I, I miss Michonne and I would have liked to have seen her. I did. We get, did get to hear, I think it was on, was it on the talking dead? I think Aaron was talking about how Jerry has these really great skills and he's never been able to, you know, show them off. And so uh, Aaron thought it was great that Jerry got the, or, you know, the actor got the opportunity to show off his skills because he's actually very skillful more so than any of the others. That's what they were Even saying. Even as a person. So, yes, as a person. As a person. The show. Yes. Oh, okay. Which I mm. love that. I thought, oh, that that's something we learned about the actor and that he gets to bring that. So yeah. I, I thought that that was a really cool thing. So on to the last thing before we uh, wrap up The Walking Dead. What do you hope to see in the next episode or do you have any predictions? Oh, somebody's going to have to die. We know that. Yeah. And mm -hmm. we don't know who, but we know who it won't be because they've got right. spinoffs. Right. But um, I think it's going to be really, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't know what I want to see in the next episode. I'd like to see that resolved, but then where do they go from there? And then they, they set up, they go back to where they originated, you know, all the different camps and then they get that going again. I mean, we haven't reached the peak of yeah. the, 
of the whole series or season. So I don't know. I really don't know. What about? I told you I had, you know, been talking about Hornsby training people to the CRM. Oh, yeah. So that's a whole new level. Yeah. Well, and I... Yeah. And I had mentioned Daryl and Herschel, little Herschel, possibly. But all of a sudden, I thought about it for this episode. And I thought, well, what if he traded the people of Oceanside? Because this group is going to Oceanside. And what if they get there and no one's there? And they're going to wonder where the heck all these people are. I See, but so. I thought that they all dispersed to I thought they all went. I thought they all left. Not by choice, but because Hornsby showed up at all the different locations. He did. I thought they I, were all like gone. I don't evacuated. Think, well, we haven't seen what has been happening in the last however long they've been at the Commonwealth. So I, I don't know what they know or don't know. But yeah. for some reason Aaron has been set on let's go um, you know, take these uh, oh, this food side, and yeah. supplies to yeah. Oceanside. So for some reason, he really wants to get to Oceanside and, you know, Maggie and, and the rest are going to um, Alexandria. So I, I don't know, you know, what that will. Um, Is that where he was, though, before, after, you know, when he split off, did he go to Oceanside? I don't think so. I don't know. Before the Commonwealth thing came into play? I don't think so. I, mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not really sure. You know what I wanted to say about Aaron that I just want to briefly mention before we wrap this up? Uh, It was nice that they gave him a time to talk about his partner or his husband. Oh, his history. Yeah. Yeah. His history. Yeah. Because he's talking to Lydia about living her life and, you know, because she, yeah, yeah, relationship because now she's with Elijah and her trying to get over Henry or not get over him, but... Um, you know, move that on. it's okay to move on, right? That it's okay. Yeah. And so I, I I thought that was kind of cool that they let Aaron have his moment too. So so maybe he dies next episode. No! Oh my God! <laughs> ah! I know there's, there's people who... I know. Yeah. Who I'm wrap like up their stories. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. Yes, I, I know. So he's going to die. Yeah, somebody's going to... He will die. I think he will die. Now that you said, now that you, yeah, you put that in my head. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess he's not going to make it. He'll sacrifice himself for Lydia, probably. All right. (laughs) We're going to wrap up this conversation on The Walking Dead. We have so much to look forward to. Can't wait for the next one to dig into that. Okay, Margaret. I want to know, do you have any other TV show or movies that you are currently watching that you would like to recommend? Well, one and done with a movie, right? So the TV show is now one and done for me because I've been a faithful viewer of C once I realized it was on Apple TV Plus and um, really sad that it, it kind of ended because it was so interesting. The characters were so wicked. They were just so... It was such an other world kind of experience to see. And this last episode, well, the last season just happened. And the last, very last episode was like uh, Stranger Things. It was like two hours long. And, um, you know, the main character, this Bubba Fat, is played by Jason Momoa. He is like the main good, really, really good guy. And he ends up, well, should I say? No, because I want to watch it. 
All right. Well, that well, it's just really interesting how it all how it all ties together because they ultimately the whole the whole premise of the story is there was some kind of a it either was some sort of a virus or some sort of a something that happened and everybody who's born now is blind so everybody's walking around that's why it's called C and so they're all walking around with sticks and they're fighting and their hearing is you know elevated so that they can fight and hear and and predict and. He is like the ultimate fighter, apparently. Everybody knows who he is because he just can take out like an entire army kind of thing. So it's interesting because then there was the people are starting to be born that can see and they are ostracized and they're called witches. And so they put them to death because they're so different and that they can, you know, really shake up the whole community. So the whole the whole story kind of evolves around this guy and then this woman who comes into his life and then these two kids who can see because they were born from the guy joe ah, morell who can see okay and um they keep it hidden they don't want anybody to know but it's just it's just really interesting how all of the connections and everything kind of evolve living in these bombed out buildings you know new york city and you know blah 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 blah, out in the wilderness and all that kind of stuff so it's really kind of cool to see you you forget that it's post-apocalyptic whatever occurred to throw these people into this thing so um it was i'm sad to it was a really good escape you know because it was could never be real so it was an interesting series i think four seasons but they ended it. Oh, four. I want to see it. So I'm, I may, hopefully I get a chance to dig in soon to watch it. My, uh, my cousin watched it too, and she recommended it. I'm like, oh yeah, my friend Margaret watches that. So yeah, it's just, it's very different. It's very dark though. You don't want to binge it, I think, because you might end up on the wrong end of a bottle or something. I don't know. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of, it's very uh, depressing, you know, yeah. to think about it. Yeah. yeah. The struggles that everybody and the evil, just the sheer evil that exists in these people. Wow. Yeah. So, so that's my TV show. Knowing that I had to talk about a movie and I have not been, I've been very distracted with my life. So I have not really been watching movies, but last night I turned into Netflix finally because I, I, uh, left Netflix for a brief period of time. <laughs> I came back <laughs> and luckily they have a whole bunch of new movies loaded. So last night I watched suffered through hooked up my dryer to the new Kevin Hart movie. And it's so bad. That's how I could do all those other things. Cause it really didn't matter whether I was watching it or not. It was just stupid, really, really stupid. So then I thought, well, I can't really talk about that movie. I don't even remember the names. I was going to know what somewhere. it is. It's oh, me. Only me. Is it with um Mark Wahlberg? Mark Wahlberg, yeah. Oh, I saw that movie. He's horrible too. Why They're are... both so bad. Okay, I did watch that movie. I I yeah. was I watched it. Yeah, it wasn't like the other movie oh. that we had both laughed hysterically on, but He's so Kevin Hart is so funny, but I mean, yeah. I felt like this was just it's like when they used to bring Me on Time. Actors. Me Time. Oh, Me Time. But you know when they used to bring on actors, they'd sign them with contracts back in the forties, fifties, whatever, and they'd have to do so many films and whether they were good or bad, I feel like this was one of those situations where it was just a script he had to get out. You know, he just had to do it to do his commitment. And so then I then I the next movie in the list, my suggested list, was uh, wedding season. And it's um pretty much been done before, but it was cute. 
you know, there was a little bit of a spin. The actors were really good. So I liked, I enjoyed their performances, but it pretty much is about this, you know, 30, early 30 girl whose parents want her to get married. She's Indian or she's from India or her parents are, and they come over here and they make something of themselves. And she's uh, an economist and she's a really, really good, you know, intelligent person, leaves her banking job uh, to join a company to do better things for the world population. And uh, her mother wants her to get married while her career comes first. You know, she's a typical American female now where her profession is more important to her than actually having kids at at that age anyway. So, and of course, Indian culture is that you marry, you know, you have a set up marriage. And so she, her mother created a profile for her online and then found a few men and then sent them her way, you know, just created this whole, yeah, this whole fictitious person. And, uh, she, of course, rebelled against that. And she has a sister who's going to marry an American guy. So that that plays really heavily into the whole storyline. And it's really kind of interesting to see how um, they're just sort of changing the way that they view marriage and who you choose and, you know, why you get married, not for, you know, more money or the dowry or caste or whatever. It's really more for love. So it showed the evolution of that culture within the American context. But of course they go through weddings together because they're both, they're both invited to all the the weddings that are occurring during this, you know, five, six month period. And they go as their dates, you know, so that they don't have to deal with being set up with anybody else. And of course their relationship evolves and it's just, you know, it's cute. There, there's some funny scenes and you know, it was, it was cute. So I liked it. Oh, I'll have to check that out. You So you're watching The Watcher. I started The Watcher actually last night, which is on oh, Netflix. Yeah. Have you seen it? No, I almost started it. But then I thought, no, I want to watch a movie. I watched it because two people recommended it. And so I thought I haven't been watching any new TV shows because all of my shows that I'm watching are ongoing. House of the Dragon, Handmaid's Tale, like all of those. I'm in, you know, The Voice, uh, Survivor. I really have a lot of shows that I'm watching right now. So I'm like, oh, is there something new I can recommend? So I started watching The Watcher. I've only seen three episodes. It's on Netflix. It's a Ryan Murphy TV series. Naomi Watts is in it. Bobby Cavanell. Yeah. Yes. Yes. He's in it too. Thank you for saying his name. (laughs) I didn't want to get his last name wrong. But it's basically about this house that draws, you know, them to want to live in it. It's this beautiful house, looks great. But then you've got these neighbors, different sets of neighbors that are <laughs> odd. And then they start yeah. get they, they want to do some renovation. And then they start getting these letters uh, that don't really want them to, I, I believe they don't want them to do these renovations. And they also want new, new blood. Meaning young blood. I'm thinking, well, they have two kids, but maybe the youngest one isn't young enough. So you're not really sure where this is going. And then they But go it's to, based on a true story. It right? is based on a true story, which is weird, but I think it has to be embellished. Yeah. So hmm. it's very intriguing in that sense because you don't know who it is, right? You're trying to guess, well, is it that neighbor? Is it that neighbor? Why isn't the police working harder on this? You know, they're kind of dismissive. And then you have somebody putting up the cameras around their house for them, and then that's taking a while. It's just very, you know, it leaves you wondering. That's what draws you to watch it because you're like, what's going to happen? Who mm. might it be? And this is based on a true story. How's this going to end up? So, uh, yeah, watch three episodes. I'll continue to watch that. 
So, you know, the woman who, um, the, she plays the Russian lady on that TV show where the two girls are living together. I don't remember her name, but she's the, the love interest of the guy who's the cook in the restaurant. And she won the Emmy. Do you, not, do you know who I'm talking about? No, she's the, I'm, she's got I don't. The big hair and the big boobs. And she's always talking like this. And she's just so funny. She's hysterical. Well, her acceptance speech was insanely funny. But yeah. she's on that show. She's a neighbor. Oh, They're sitting across from the, each other at a table. Oh, the blonde lady, the one that was in White yeah. Lotus. I can't think of her name yes, right now, too. Yes, she won yes. for that. That's what she got up and started talking about. And then when the music comes on during the, the award show, the music comes on to get her off. She starts dancing. She's like, oh, you, oh this my helps. God. It was hysterical. I don't remember her name. But she's oh, so my funny. gosh. Yeah, she is. A so really, funny. She is pretty funny. I. So um, how is she in that show, though? Because it's so she's interesting. So, OK, I don't know anything yet, but I almost feel like she she's the uh, realtor. Her name is Jennifer. Oh. Jennifer Coolidge. Oh, OK. Yeah. She sold them the house and she's friends with Naomi Watts' character. They were old friends. And then when Naomi Watts' character came to look at the house, of course, they recognized each other like, oh, we know each other from way back when. So then Mm -hmm. they start meeting for lunch. And of course, uh, Naomi Watts starts saying what is happening about the house, the letters. And so... Uh, the other character keeps telling her, oh, I think you need to sell. You need to sell for $500,000 less. You can get rid of it. You need to save your life. I'm like, you're being a little bit like, are do you, are you rotating these people out in and out of this house? You can keep <laughs> making money. I don't know. It seems a little bit odd. Yeah. So, but yeah, her character is um, very interesting. And so <laughs> I can, <laughs> she is good at what she does though. Yeah. She's, yeah. that serves her well. That's funny. So I want to bring up three movies, and they're actually really good for this October and Halloween uh, season. So I watch Beast on Peacock. This is basically Cujo, but lion version. It's with um, Idris Elba, which I love watching him. And he's a widow doctor with two daughters who travel to South Africa to visit Martin, an old friend who happens to be a wildlife biologist. And, you know, the whole family has some healing to do with, you know, the mother's passing. But, you know, you get thrown in this fight for survival and that all, you know, you you get your priorities straight on what's um, more important because the girls, one of the daughters is um, kind of hard on her dad about uh, the mom passing away. So, So you have this relationship aspect that they're dealing with, and then all of a sudden they have to fight for survival. I will say that the two girls, the two daughters, were a bit annoying at times because you have to be quiet so this lion doesn't hear you. And then they would like radio their dad. They're like, dad, 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 come in. And they're like, oh my God, shut up. Your dad is right next to the lion and you can hear him through the walkie talkie, right? And so events, things would happen like that. And you're like, oh my God, can you guys just be quiet? You know, so your, your dad can survive this moment. But I actually liked the movie overall. It was, um, I did scream out loud, like, <laughs> at one point. So uh, I was in it. So I thought it was a pretty good movie. I also saw Halloween Ends, which oh, is on no. Peacock. Yeah. And I am not a huge, of course, I saw all the beginning Halloweens. I've seen some middle Halloweens. I haven't seen every single one of them. But I really wanted to watch this one. I wanted to see Jamie Lee Curtis, you know, come have a conclusion. 
It was not well received, this movie. Oh. But I went in with low expectations. I felt it was very watchable. The reason I liked it was because it wasn't super slashery. Yes, there were deaths, but not every five minutes somebody was dying. So I appreciate it because there was a story. But I think what people didn't like was that they concentrated on this new character too much and not so much on Michael Myers and Laurie Strode. So I they felt it didn't concentrate enough on that. And I can see that. You know, if you're going to see a movie... You really want it to be about those two people and how they come to, um, you know, it does come to an end for them, but it wasn't concentrated on that. It was about this oh. new person. So if you go in with just no expectations or low, I think you'll be okay. But I think that would be a better way to go into it. But I found it interesting. I wanted to see what happened. So I appreciated it. And I think it's a great thing to watch during Halloween season. <laughs> And I accidentally, not accidentally, but I happened upon watching Misery. It happened to be on TV. And so I sat and I thought, oh, I love this movie. I haven't seen it in so long, but it's so good. And for anyone who's never watched it, it's a 1990 film directed by Rob Reiner based on Stephen King's uh, 1987 novel starring James Caan and Kathy Bates, who won an Oscar for this role about an obsessive fan who holds an author captive and forces him to rewrite the finale to his book series. And there's one scene in here, which is called Hobbling, and I could not watch it because I knew it was coming up and I had to cover my eyes. And I'm like, wait, is it is it happening? Is it happening? Of course, if you're listening, you know when it happens. So it's um <laughs> it's a pretty uh awful, horrendous scene, but the movie is so good. It's so well made. I love the other characters in this movie. I thought that the casting was so well done. Um so I just think that's a great movie to watch during this holiday season, too. <laughs> so I like it. Those are my recommendations. Margaret, thank you so much for yours and for joining me today. No, you're welcome. Okay. Well, if you have TV movie recommendations out there, especially uh, during the season, if you go to screensandfocus.com, you can leave your TV and movie recommendations on there. If you go to our website, you will see what is called SpeakPipe. You can listen to the message from me and then you can hit reply and you can leave us your TV and movie recommendations because I would love to know what you're currently watching and uh, what you recommend this holiday season. So that's our show. Thanks for tuning in. We are grateful you tuned in and we hope something we said today resonated with you. Gave you a chuckle, some happiness, some positivity or inspiration. Please subscribe to our website and follow Screens in Focus and tell a friend we would love more members of our TV club. Wherever you listen, you can rate and review. That would be awesome. We'll be releasing a new episode next week. Next show will be on The Walking Dead. You can find our website listed in our show notes. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.